it is. Nicely done. So uh, there was big news from Apple this week, or as they called it, big news. So I thought we should talk to Robert. I can't think of a better person. The to to. official That's a Podcast tech expert. He is. Guy. Technical times with Robert. <laughs> so let's call him. Via the magic of Skype. Yeah. It's a jerk. Big old jerk. Robert is a jerk. A big old jerk. I'm singing a song. It's lovely. With the ringing. I'm running out of lyrics. But I still keep singing. You still keep the beat. Go, Jacob. It's go. your turn now. Go where? Go to hell. <laughs> I'm done singing. <laughs> hey. Hello. Hey, sounds good. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Is it recording right now? It is recording right now. <laughs> well, we hope it is. <laughs> Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> so we wanted to uh, call and talk to you about the, air quote, big Apple news this week. Yeah. Uh, which I find hilarious that you had not heard of until I told you. I know. It, I told... it's, just, it's just the Beatles, right? Yeah. Else. Yeah. But, but that that's kind of the... That's kind of my argument or my, my point in all this is that the day before the announcement, I, I saw an ad. It might have been on the actual like Apple website or on iTunes that was like, uh, tomorrow, everything changes. You know, nothing will be the same after tomorrow. And you'll always remember where you were when you heard this or something. And so I really what? thought it was going to be big. Yeah. And it, so it was, it was pretty ridiculous, I think, that it's like, oh, yeah, we have the Beatles now. Yeah. It was sort of a letdown. Totally. Unless you aware that, you know, they'd been resisting being added for a long time and about the history of Apple's uh, legal battles with the Beatles, Apple Corporation. Right. Yeah. It really isn't that exciting. But I bet a lot of people were so. like, oh, they weren't on there already. Yeah. As someone who is uh, not a big fan of the Beatles, I wasn't even aware that they weren't available on iTunes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and my thing is, it's been like so long that they haven't been that is anyone really waiting for the Beatles to be on iTunes? Yeah. I mean, like, my dad is a Beatles fan and has a bunch of CDs. Right, and can't he just put those CDs onto his computer? <laughs> right, yeah. And then... <laughs> He's not, I feel like their generation of fans has not been dying to upgrade to MP3s. Right. And, you know, I don't, are they making that many new friends since Kelly? <laughs> are, uh, and you saw all this promotion... Like, it was definitely leading up to this event. It wasn't the promotions, the advertisements around when the new MacBook came out. No, it was definitely for a big iTunes announcement. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty underwhelming. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't, like, waiting with bated breath and then it got the wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when, they, when people uh, announce that they're coming out of the closet and you're like, yeah, obvious. Like, it's not, it's not really, you know, when they say something's going to be life-changing, it's like... Oh, by the way, Clay Aiken is oh. actually gay. 
All right. Yeah. I thought you were thinking of someone like real life. No. Well, That's what I thought too. I was like, who are you? Why do you keep looking at me? <laughs> like, I was trying to give you a moment, Jake. I was like, trying to give you the perfect setting. Like Ricky Martin or Clay Aiken. Right, or, right. Or, it's like, yeah. wow. You know, next on the news, a celebrity announcement that's going to change everything. Well, and I, you... I feel too, like, Apple, I think, is known for their hype and their, oh, big announcement, you know, coming up soon. We're going to announce a big thing and all right. these rumors. Just, you know, to have it be this, it was, it was such a letdown. Don't they deliver usually on those? Like, I feel like Apple, a few times, a couple, a few times a year, they have an announcement for some new product or some new technology that is pretty cool. And so, for right. this, it's right. kind of like, well, the next, it's kind of like Boy Who Cried Wolf. Like, next right. time, are people going to get up for it? Or are they going to be like, well, why don't you show me first Apple before I get excited? Yeah. They definitely can't let, I mean, yeah, that's pretty lame. Did, did you guys, do you guys know the history of Apple and the Beatles? Well, I know, I mean, so the Beatles started Apple Records, and then there was some legal battle where, Apple, I think I believe Apple Records was suing Apple Corp, saying like, "No, we're the Apple that makes music. You can't do it," or something. Right. I mean, that's. I thought and Fiona. So... App- I thought Fiona Apple made music. Yeah. <laughs> was she somehow part so, of the lawsuit? <laughs> so the result of that was that I guess the the legal thing was that that Apple Corporation continued to make computers under that name, but they couldn't make any like music stuff. They couldn't make uh, like uh, music and, and I think devices to make music. Right. And so, so, uh, so what they ended up doing, it just as a joke is in one of like the early operating systems, there was a, you know how you could like specify different alert sound effects? Uh-huh. They had one that was spelled S-O-S-U-M-I, which phonetically is so sue me. Oh, it's right. Like a, Fuck you to Apple, Beatles Apple. <laughs> you know, I, that's funny because I remember always seeing that when you would get a computer and be setting it up, but I never realized that's what the name was. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was some Japanese tone or something. Right. Huh. That's Which, it seems pretty presumptuous of Apple Records because I don't think they're, other than selling you know reissues of the Beatles, I don't think they're like an ongoing music company. So to to prevent Apple from having anything to do with music at all seems pretty presumptuous of them. Yeah, it's like someone whose uh, initials are CBS being like, "Sorry, yeah. CBS, you can't yeah. uh, make television." Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I recorded a news broadcast in my bedroom. So, but, but I mean, was Apple Records afraid that if if Apple iTunes is selling? you know, shitty Justin Bieber songs that people are going to be like, oh, the Beatles came out with this? You know, what gives? Right. You mean Justin Bieber songs? Yeah. <laughs> Did I not have to I modify? I think in the case of, like, trademark infringement, you're you're obligated to sue someone if you want to keep your own hold on the name. Oh, so if they'd let iTunes get away with it, then then I could have created my own Apple recording company next week? Yeah, I believe... I, I mean, obviously I'm no lawyer, but I think that's how that stuff works. Oh, okay. I always thought intellectual property law would be interesting to, to go into. I, I studied a little bit of that in college in my communications yeah. major. It was always pretty fascinating, I thought. You know, like, it was a burgeoning uh, area, really. I mean, copyright had always existed, but, like, the DMCA was somewhat new. You know, the Digital Music Copyright Act and the stuff right. with Napster and everything. We studied that kind of stuff pretty intensely, so it was pretty neat. Hmm. That's what Jake does, um... With his lawyering in San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Huh. Well, we should have called him for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I also want to talk about what the other two rumored uh, announcements were going to be, both of which I think were far superior to the Beatles catalog. Um, so the first one, and I'm hoping you know something about how it would work logistically, because I don't, it was, uh, I think they call it the cloud. Yeah. Or some sort of ability for me to own music that is not stored on my own computer is is stored somewhere else so I can access it anywhere. I've seen commercials for the cloud and I'm really curious as to what it is. I tried to do some research on it and I was fairly unsuccessful. But hopefully yeah, you can shed some light on this, Robert. Yeah, it's a, it's a confusing subject cuz Microsoft is is touting their cloud stuff at this point. Right. Right. And I I think if you want to think of like cloud as a general computing concept at this point, it means where you have services that aren't that you use like desktop applications that mm-hmm. aren't actually installed, right? And sometimes it's just like file storage too, but it's but it's basically just like internet enabled stuff. So, like a, a cloud, like you might you might think of the whole Google Apps suite of products, like Google Docs and and their spreadsheet stuff, as all cloud solutions. Okay, and so like. If iTunes had a cloud element to it, you'd probably, I would expect you'd probably pay some sort of subscription, kind of like MobileMe, and either like the, you're either like streaming all your music, like Pandora style, or it syncs up multiple computers to the same library and and your phone. So when you buy something on one device, maybe it would (laughs) download everywhere. Right. But see, I don't get, I don't get the appeal of that. I guess like, I think that uh, so it, they make it sound like yeah, you have your your music is is up in this cloud instead of actually physically on your iPod or iPhone, and you and you listen to it. You know, like you said, streaming like Pandora. But isn't that usually worse in terms of sound quality and things? Like you have to wait for it to download and and buffer or whatever versus something that's actually physically stored on your iPod to listen to. Yeah, I wonder how it would work with, with like phones. I mean, I would imagine you would need, you know, sometimes your phone reception tanks. Right, or Pandora will cut in and out if you're in the car or something. Yeah. It's, it seems like they're saying, like, trust us to get into your computer and have your information as well. Like, I see it as, like, kind of a big brotherish thing where it's, like, not just, oh, you have this thing accessible to you, but, like, we're it, we have our hands in everything. It's kind of like the net Remember, wasn't there, like, in the net, wasn't there some big program that was like connected to everything, and so they, uh, so they were able to manipulate stuff? Maybe. You mean, I, I, if you were, they could easily track when you listen to particular songs, and they could probably resell that marketing data back to record labels and stuff like that. You yeah, I feel like that's that's a much more prevalent thing nowadays too. Like with Facebook, when you see the ads on the side that are like. I don't know how, I mean, are they, they're based on like the things that you say or the things that you like or the things your friends like or whatever. Cause it'll say, oh, you know, join this kickball league. I'm like, how do you know that I'm in a kickball league? What's going on? Do you like look at the pictures and I don't know. They have a pretty uh, cool interface for creating those ads. Like anyone can create a, uh, a Facebook ad through Facebook. Like May does that sometimes with her work and you set up different criteria as you create it, like target people in this region who have this level of education, who are this gender and on and on. Are you doing the dishes while you're talking to us? 
Uh, May actually came in and served me some more dinner. Oh, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah. Um, can we create a uh, That's a Podcast ad? Yeah. Wow. We should look into that. I wonder how much it costs. If you if you target it towards a very narrow market, it, you know, it could be cost like 10 bucks or something trivial. It's like the... The, the bigger your set of people you want to right. see it, the more it's right. going to cost you. We'll definitely target to a narrow-minded audience, if not. <laughs> <laughs> so. We'll look for people that went to our high school. And, right. Yeah. That already know us. Right. And, uh, are already fans. Are already fans, exactly. You might be able to target it to people who put Mariloma as a high school. Oh. That'd be interesting. We want to yeah. branch out past that, though. Yeah. We'll just target Rio Americano High School people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's target current high schoolers. <laughs> I think they would love this. Yikes! All right. So so the other um, possibility were, they were saying would be a, a subscription based iTunes service. Yeah. This of the three, this is the one that intrigued me the most. So I assume it's something where you know you pay. There's probably different levels, and you pay a certain flat fee a month, and then you can download as much iTunes music as you want based on your level. Well, you wouldn't own it. It'd be more right. like you you could stream it, but uh, right, yeah. Because otherwise, it's just like smash and grab type thing. Like, right? I'll own it for a, I'll be a subscriber for a month and download everything possible in that one month, and then be out. So maybe that goes hand in hand more with the cloud thing, where you could you could buy you know these things, but they would live in your cloud, and you couldn't actually burn them to a CD or you know give them to other people or something. See, I've yeah, always, I've always thought that this is the eventual future with uh, movies and stuff. And it's, it kind of is with Netflix and the Instant Queue and everything. But I feel like, I mean, the, the Instant Queue is limited. Right. And I wonder why that is. Because, I mean, is it just to get more subscription money for the people that want more discs? You know, I, like... I, I bet it's because the, the, the film studios have this long-standing relationship with, uh, you know, video rental places and stores like best buy and if they if they give all the hot shit to instant queue it really de-incentivizes people buying the physical yeah, media right so, yeah but but i think i think that has to well i don't know like i would be willing it's, to pay a lot more if it was like everything ever is on there and you have streaming access to it oh yeah I think it's kind of like it's it's similar to the state that the video game industry is in because obviously like video games most consoles now are connected to the internet and have enough space to download video games to but they still sell a video game the same price for a download versus buying it at GameStop right. and yet like it's so much cheaper for them to to distribute digitally right that way it wouldn't cost $60 for a video game Wow. Yeah, yeah, it really shouldn't, but but if they make it cheaper to buy it digitally, then GameStop's pissed, and GameStop stops selling consoles. And, and goes out of business. Yeah. 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 Like Blockbuster and stuff like that. Hollywood um, Video. Right, Hollywood Video. Um, the reason for all those rumors with Apple concerning this stuff is they built this massive data center, like, somewhere in the United States, and people are just speculating on why did they make this thing, because it's huge. Uh, is it like in Los Alamos, Mexico? Like kind of <laughs> I think it's Roswell? like in Kentucky or something like that. Some kind of random. It's a top government. secret location. Yeah, seriously, um, where Steve Jobs just sits <clears throat> in a big room listening to Beatles songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I'm glad you brought up the video games thing because I have a question to ask you related yeah. to that. Uh, you, how many video game systems do you have? I have um, Wii and Xbox and PS3, okay. and I just I just you built the... a new PC too for games. Wow, you have everything then, essentially. Um, Going for it. Next question: Can we come over? <laughs> <laughs> um, my next question is: Do you have the new Call of Duty game for Xbox? No, I don't. Okay, because here's an interesting fact. Uh, I have the new game, and there is a zombie mode for our This Week in Zombies <laughs> section of the podcast. <clears throat> and in the new zombie mode, there are multiple maps, and for one of them, um, you're in like the war room of the Pentagon, and uh-huh. it's like this historical thing where there's uh, John F. Kennedy and uh, Fidel Castro and Richard Nixon and uh, the Secretary of Defense, Robert McNamara. And, like, it shows this little video, and they get busted in by zombies. And so one of the games is you play as those four guys <laughs> defending the war room against zombies. And so, like, when you, when, you attack, when you kill people or when you do certain things, it speaks as those people. So, like, you know, there's the bad Kennedy accent and the... And things like that. It sounds like Mayor Quimby on The Simpsons. Right. <laughs> and not only that, something that is what I believe to be brand new this year for Call of Duty that I hadn't heard about before but is awesome. Um, two people can play on the same Xbox <clears throat> on the same Xbox Live account on the internet. Ah. So if you had the game, Jacob could be at my house and we could play as two of the four historical characters... And if you had someone at your house, they could play as the other two, and we could all play online and kill zombies together. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah maybe I, that might push me over the edge of buying that. Yeah. Nice. And because before, I remember I was frustrated, because if I had a friend over and we were playing or whatever, you could play like one-on-one against each other, but uh-huh. you couldn't play in like the multiplayer you know, with a bunch of people online. And this time, you can so you can have someone else playing with you, like in the whole multiplayer thing, where you're, you know, leveling up and and whatnot. Yeah, that's all. Oh, so you you do continue to get all that experience and stuff yeah. on, with a yeah. zombie mode? Yeah. Oh, right. Not not in zombie mode, but like if you play in the regular like team deathmatch kind of mode and whatnot. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, but the zombies are the best. Yeah. Yeah, remember you guys really got into that with the World at War one, right? Oh, definitely. Big time. Big time. And so, like, it skipped them, you know? You know how with Call of Duty, uh, I think it's uh, Infinity Ward does one, and then Treyarch does one, and they go back and forth? Yeah. So, like, the last one didn't have zombies, and so the last two ones that Treyarch has done do have zombies, so... Treyarch innovation. Right. You know what else I just read... And it's just a rumor, but I read the next Call of Duty is going to be in space, which I'm not sure how what? I feel about that. Huh? Yeah, like how far in space do you think? Right. I don't know. I feel like that, like fr- that Couple starts to fringe years. on like Halo and yeah. other space, you know, shooter games. So I'm kind of wary about that. Maybe it would be like some of the Bond movies where there's a little space segment, and then <laughs> see that's over. what I was just thinking about, like. Moonraker, when James Bond goes into space and it was so lame. Everyone's yeah. just in like yellow jump shoots shooting lasers right. willy-nilly. Right. Uh, Zach got the new uh, 
bond and he brought it over the other day and we were reminiscing about playing goldeneye back in the day yeah how is the new one how's baron somdi <laughs> yeah i mean you can play as him it's amazing um it's it's difficult because of the controller i think if you if you own the wii class controller which is kind of like a regular dual stick thing it'd be fun but when we were doing the single player it was just really hard because to turn around you have to sort of point the wiimote at the edge of the screen yeah. and then it slowly turns and and so we were constantly missing it just got frustrating but when we were playing against each other then it was kind of fun because you're both kind of fucking up equally and it was all like uh yeah it was silly i i don't know if it was last christmas or the year before but but i got the the casino royale or or whatever the last bond game that came out for for the wii was and i hated it because of the wiimote and how you know you're supposed to be pointing at the guy you want to shoot, but the pointer's never like super accurate right. and the moving around was not great. Right. And so I got rid of it just because it wasn't fun. And it's, you know, unheard of for me to get rid of a James Bond video game. <laughs> did that one have the, to melee, did you like shake the remote? I don't remember. It, this one has that. And it's funny because whenever we got close range, we'd both be flinging around with our hands like a, <laughs> like a slap fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I would love to watch that. I think it'd be more fun to watch people playing that game Maybe. than to actually play that game. I feel like with <laughs> yeah. multiplayer games, like shooter games like that, the the need for such quick reaction, you know, both for you and for the controller that you're using is crucial. And so oh, yeah. for, it, for it, it to be delayed it, at all just seems... Yeah. Although it makes difficult. me... It's good to know. I would, I would, I'll look into getting one of those like old school controllers you can use. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that makes a difference. I would like to play it. Otherwise, it's great. Like the graphics are amazing for a Wii game, and uh, the storytelling—it—it it, it feels more cinematic, like in the style of a Call of Duty, than than the old Goldeneye was. Nice. Well, it, in the first player, isn't it the same storyline as the Goldeneye movie? Kind of, but they've changed a fair amount of it. Like when the level begins, the camera does that whole like sweep through past that, just kind of like a bridge. It's it it takes you way back, but then. Very quickly, it changes. Like you, there's kind of a driving sequence that wasn't in the other one, and then you take a different path through that uh, dam that you go to on the first level of Goldeneye. Oh, huh. So it goes kind of back and forth between scenes you remember and then completely new stuff. Is there still Boris who says I'm invincible? Yeah, I don't think there is because oh, Daniel what? Craig. Yeah, I think I think it's it doesn't like strictly follow the plot at least i haven't come across him yet in it. oh daniel craig is now the guy in it right yeah ah. so they yeah they like redid it i read that they did uh <clears throat> change some of the some of the existing levels and change some of the storyline are they doing that are they gonna remake goldeneye with him no okay i was no. gonna say that's not that old of a movie no <laughs> yeah i think it might have been for some, like a legal reason like they couldn't do it exactly the same because they lost the official license for oh, really? or something. Yeah. I just thought it was something to, to make it a little bit new so that people would want to get it, you know. I think Apple Records bought the uh, right <laughs> 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 movie. I think Yoko's suing uh, Pierce Brosnan. that damn Apple Records. <laughs> nice. Um, I had a, que- a technological question for you. Awesome. Um, on a, on a podcast a while back... <laughs> Can we, you help me program my VCR? <laughs> we talked about... Um, 
We talked about uh, some possible, or Jacob and I talked about some possible apps. Like, if we could create any kind of app, what would we create? Yes. And one of the ones we talked about was, like, something to pay the bill at restaurants and things like that. Yeah. And I was looking through, I think it was, like, Time Magazine the other day, or Newsweek, one of those. And it had the top, like, 50 inventions of 2010. And there are some really cool ones, and I love that. I used to get a subscription to Popular Science just yeah, to like too. look at those things. They were like, <laughs> oh, the new inventions that are coming up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first part I would, I would turn to. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, one of the ones was for something called Square. Oh, yeah. Can you – do you know about Square? I haven't used it, but I'm familiar with it because it – I mean, it kind of made the rounds – it's a really pretty interface. The site is well done. Can you explain? Very, can you explain it to us? Yeah, I, I believe there's a there's a hardware add-on to your phone, and it I think it instead of plugging in through the dock, it actually plugs in through the um, like the headphone jack. Right, because I saw a picture and it looked like it was coming out the top of it. Yeah, so that must be what it is. Yeah. And so, uh, and yeah, it's just a thing where you can you can swipe credit cards like wherever you are. That's, that's kind of awesome. So, is it something that's used like for you to pay, or is it just like if you're a business, you use it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it can be used for both, but definitely like one of the differences there is that like most kind of credit card processing things aren't designed for the consumer, and this is something where. Like maybe you were, had a really small business, uh, you had like a food food cart vendor or something, you mm-hmm. could use this to take cards. But I think even if like I could buy this and if you owed me 20 bucks, you could pay me. <laughs> Through a credit, credit card? card? Yeah. But then someone's got to – there's like transaction fees. So, right. right. Someone's right. got to pay them, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Still, it's, it's pretty rad. It seems interesting. Yeah. And like I saw, there is a there is a iPhone like a iPhone app for it, but you also have to have the like Robert said the little hardware thing that attaches right. to it. Yeah, isn't it cool that it goes in through the headphone? Like it converts the credit card number into something auditory, and then right, yeah. And it just look, it's like a little a little peg or a little like small wire, and it's attached to a little square thing that looks like a. Like a paint sample from Home Depot, mm-hmm. like that size. It's definitely interesting. Hmm. I've never used it. I haven't seen anyone that has had it. But you know, like one of the things that uh, Ground Control does, the other company we created is, is we sell tickets, and we were considering it for that. But I think we ultimately decided that the the transaction fees and stuff were like were were too high. Yeah. It's interesting. The uh, with credit card stuff like that, because, you know, my wife works at a kitchen design place, and when when people pay on their credit cards, like, the credit card charges a percentage, you know, based on the size of the transaction. So if someone's putting, like, $50,000 right. through a transaction, that all of a sudden becomes a really large wow. payment through credit cards. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a percentage. Yeah. Hmm. It's, and, what if it's a sliding scale thing where above, like it decreases the bigger the purchase is? You would hope so. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's why it's why certain certain credit cards have higher percentages, which is why certain places won't take them. Yeah, a lot of places like, don't take they Amex. won't take Amex or Discover yeah. 
because they charge a higher percentage, but that's how we, as the holders of those cards, get the better rewards. Huh. And that's a little lesson in credit card when, uh, economics. <laughs> when we bought our last car, <laughs> they said uh, when you buy the car, you could put up to 2000 like on a credit card. Yeah. Um, and we were making a larger down payment than that, and I wanted to do it all to get you know right. the miles or points Definitely. or whatever. But they're like, no, so that must be why. Well, that was like one of the best things about our first year living at that apartment in Thomas because we were able to put our rent on the credit card. Even oh, at Thomas, so like over the course of a year, that was a lot of that was a lot of points or miles or whatever. That's how we. I think that's how we flew to Hawaii for free. For nice. So. <laughs> I have, a, uh, I have a less, I have a non-technical but Seattle-based question for you, Robert. Yeah, let's hear it. So uh, I saw Adam Carolla last night doing his uh, stand-up performance that he does. How was and, that? And it was great. I, lo- I mean, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of his podcast, and so I thought it was great. Um, but he was talking about being in Seattle recently and how much he loves it up there. And one of the things he loves is that, you know, compared to L.A., that there's, you know, seems like a lot less crime, a lot less problems. And uh, he says one thing he noticed that that was like the epitome of we've solved all our problems, we have nothing more to do, is that at intersections they have like bright orange flags and you pick one up from like the street sign on your side (laughs) of the street and you like wave it above your head as you cross the street and then you put it in the bucket on the other side. Is this yeah. tr- is this true and is this like everywhere or just certain places? It's it's very selective. It I'm pretty sure I can say I've only seen it in the more kind of well-to-do residential neighborhoods. Well, right, the people we want to preserve. Right. <laughs> and and like near schools and in stuff. In the poor I, areas I mean, they put on these big black coats that hide them. <laughs> so so they're harder to see if they get hit. Yeah. <laughs> so have you actually used one of the crosswalk flags? Uh, I've crossed at one of those places. I kind of felt like it was for kids. Right. And so I... Okay. Here's, have you ever like been flagged down like while you're driving, but a guy is trying to cross the street? Oh yeah. Yeah, I have. Wow. Do they do it in a, an aggressive way? Like, Hey, you better stop. Cause I'm holding this flag. It's usually like a parent with their kids and, yeah. or it's just a kid, but yeah, they don't make a big deal out of it. It's just kind of. Yeah, I just cool. can't see like a grown There's man. There's cool about it, Seattle. You know, it's not a big deal. I just can't see a grown man, cross. You know, basically getting a crossing guard to walk across. I wonder. If, yeah. I wonder if like you know on a gray Seattle day where it's rainy and stuff it makes it even harder to see. I would maybe do it on a day like that. So pretty much every day there, I would imagine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it actually snowed a bit here today. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Then really lightly. Know. It was like dandruff. <laughs> Are you sure that it was? Uh... <laughs> it was only around my head, not my shoulders. At all. Um, I see. If if I was going to be there, I would I would just get a brightly colored umbrella, and then I just like Ella. twirl Ella. it around as I was crossing the street. You know, you're a bit of a dandy. A little bit, a little bit of a dandy. <laughs> a parasol. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kylie parasol. Oh, I just twirl <laughs> Kylie as I walked across the street. <laughs> All right. Okay. I think you successfully answered all of our uh, technological questions, Robert. Yeah, it, it would have been funny if, if you hadn't warned me that you had that question about the Beatles one, and we started off on me like being, what? Yeah. What's this <laughs> Did you hear the big Apple news this week? What are you talking about? Apple is closing. <laughs> yeah. There's not going to be Apple anymore. <laughs> They're making no more computers. Apple got bought by Microsoft. <laughs> Could that actually happen? Or would that be like a... Would that be a... 
monopoly situation. I think it would, and there was a period yeah. like around '96 where where Microsoft like gave Apple a ton of money, and it was yeah. From what I remember hearing, it, it was kind of to help keep Apple afloat because if Apple wasn't around, Microsoft would be this huge target for yeah monopoly stuff. Ah, so they needed to keep them going. Yeah, and then Apple was able to pay it back like couple years later it's like uh in the latest batman movie where the joker's like you need me around you need to have the bad guy if there's a good guy you know a good guy <laughs> by you can't just have one you need the kind of foil to compete right. against yeah. yeah you know i mean if you're playing a sport if you're playing basketball or soccer or something it's not as fun to just do it by yourself <laughs> as if you have someone else you know competing against you it'd be a really high scoring soccer game though <laughs> <I scored> again. <laughs> yeah like 2-0, you know, a really oh. high-scoring soccer game. <laughs> All right, well, awesome. It was good talking to you, Robert. Yeah, you too. Thanks for being on the podcast. Cool. Later, guys. All right, talk to you later. All right. All right. Well, that's a podcast. That is a podcast. Look what you're doing.